Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. The always, always uncensored, always free, One Man's Opinion, episode 123. Thank you one and all for downloading, for subscribing, and commenting, liking, favoriting, telling a friend and spreading the word about this little show of ours. We do so appreciate it. Uh, I am Jeff Manns. This is the middle of the fantasy football season. It's a busy time of year. There's endless amounts to talk about. So I'm going to fill your earwaves for the next 60 minutes or so with a lot of fantasy football goodness that's on tap as well. we got a lot of news, a lot of very uh, important updates to make across the landscape, uh, both about the website and events and players and everything else coming forward to you today. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the first episode that you are hearing. Welcome. Uh, this is one man's opinion. It is uncensored, so put your earbuds in. Don't play it over the loudspeaker at work, and don't have the kids in the car if you're sensitive to that kind of thing. Also, if you're sensitive, uh, I don't know. This might not be for you, quite honestly, because I'm going to use dirty, dirty words quite a bit throughout the course of this show. That's what we do. Uh, if you listen to me on SiriusXM, my name is Jeff Manns, by the way. Hear me at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern every weekday afternoon. I host Elite Sports on that network, also Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame with Bob Harris from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern during the NFL regular season on Sunday mornings. I'm owner, chief content officer as well over at FantasyGuru.com. 2022 Fantasy Football Draft Guide is on sale now. It is preseason pricing currently, and we still got the discount, Radio 20. That is ending. The Radio 20 discount is coming to an end soon. So this is your last chance to get real all in package for with the discount uh, for daily fantasy NFL betting and seasonal and uh, our data package, our podcast package over 50 fantasy football strategy podcasts and weekly podcasts and shows and live streams every single every day over at fantasyguru.com. That's the place to be, everybody. And that's where you'll find me at 24-7 Discord, where you can ask your questions about life and times and football. And if you're into other sports and you have the platinum package and you're in baseball or basketball or hockey, MMA, PGA, all the other sports, betting, daily fantasy, it's all there, fantasyguru.com. So get there, check that out. Radio 20 is the discount code, R-A-D-I-O 20. That's your, this is your last chance. Get in now. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait until the end of the month. Or I'm going to do it right before my draft. That's a bad idea. Just telling you, I think it's a bad idea. Don't wait. Get over there and check it out. By the way, big announcement as we start the show. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. All my player profiles, which, by the way, I'm going to do the rest of the player profiles for you today. It seemed to be went over very well on the podcast last week. So I'll get to the second half of them this week, but we got a lot of other things, some mid round favorites for you. We'll call them the other guys on this one that we'll get to and break down for you as well. 
But a big announcement, fantasy football training camp. It is just a week and a half away at this point. And if you're listening over the weekend or anytime the Friday the 12th on, it's less than a week away. What it is, it is a full day seminar, conference, how-to, all about fantasy football. Some of the biggest names in the business will be on tap, giving you information, helping you build draft strategies and betting strategies and daily fantasy football strategies. It is going to be a great time. It is Friday, August 19th, and it is exclusively at fantasyguru.com. So make sure you get over there and check it out. And by the way, if you do have, you buy a ticket to training camp, you don't have to sit there and watch the whole thing that day. You can watch anytime. You can watch during the season. You can watch around the clock. It doesn't matter. It's evergreen content that will be viable to you. Uh, the draft stuff, obviously, up until the start of the season, but DFS and betting in season, uh, coaching breakdowns and things like that will be uh, ready for you in season. You can get that separately. It's on sale. Early bird pricing is ending by this weekend. So next week, the price is going to double. It's $49.99 for a ticket to training camp right now. It'll be $99.99 all of next week, the week of the event. So make sure you just get in now or... What I highly recommend is just get the content with it. Get the 2022 Fantasy Football Draft Guide over there at fantasyguru.com. If you are an all-in subscriber with our seasonal content, meaning you have the Draft Guide, Data, Podcast Network, all of that, it's all one price, you automatically get a free ticket to the event. And when you have a ticket to the event, you get into the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship in which we will be drafting teams all summer long, meaning after the event on the 19th, starting August 20th, we start filling drafts and drafts and drafts. And it's uh, sponsored by rtsports.com. They will be running it. We will all be drafting against each other throughout all the way from August 20th to the start of the regular season. Everybody who is in attendance, who has a ticket to training camp, is automatically entered into the league. You get to choose your draft time wherever, whenever you want. Draft your team, all 12 teams set up leagues, and away we go. And the winner will take home a lovely batch of prizes that we'll be announcing very, very shortly as well. So there'll be cash prizes. There'll be subscription packages. There'll be memorabilia prizes. There's a lot of great stuff. It costs you nothing, and you get all that training camp stuff in there. So I highly recommend getting in on the all-in packages if you have DFS or betting packages with us, you also are automatically qualified as well. So um, there you go. If you just have the draft guide, if you did the basic package, which is just the draft guide and in-season content, that does not give you training camp. So that's something you have to judge for yourself, whether you want to get into that and get into the league and everything else. Uh, you unfortunately you do have to have the all in seasonal package, which is a $99 package all told. Again, that's what the training camp price will be anyway in uh, just a couple of days, possibly by the time you're listening to this anyway. So if you were to get that all in $99 seasonal package and you use the promo code radio 20 discount, obviously it's $20 off 80 bucks gets you in the door as well. So uh, that's the best way to buy in my opinion. And we've got great stuff. I will announce to you the first time ever our itinerary for fantasy football training camp. 
uh, August 19th. It starts at 9 a.m. I will not be awake. <laughs> not at 9 a.m. Eastern time, by the way. This goes by Eastern time. So those of us on the West Coast, this is early, but it goes all fucking day. So uh, our CEO, Rob Brink, one of the best uh, NFL and professional sports betters in the world uh rob brink will give he will kick off our coverage at 9 a.m eastern time talking nfl betting strategies what to look for future bets that he likes the whole enchilada he has guests planned and everything else so that's going to be exciting um it'll be a one-hour session all of these are one-hour sessions except one egomaniac that has to clog Two hours up. I don't know who that's going to be. Wink, wink. Uh, 10 a.m., we talk IDP fantasy football with our guy Phil Backert. We'll talk all about league setups, scoring systems, sleepers for individual defensive players, and all that. 11 a.m. Eastern time. Tyler Beaker, one of the, I mean, Tyler is one of the greatest minds in fantasy football. He's going to be breaking down best ball strategies and roster construction for you for an hour at 11 a.m. Eastern time on the 19th as well. Then we have a little lunch break, little uh, get a little food and everybody out to lunch and stuff. And remember, you could watch on your cell phones, tablets, at, at work. You don't have to necessarily be there the whole time. You could chat. It's interactive where it's not just us telling you shit. We're just, no, you could ask questions and we can get to it. And I think a lot of the guys are going to have Q&A sessions at the end of their presentations and discussions, so that would be great. Uh, we've got Armando Marsal, who's going to be breaking down um, fantasy football league setups for everybody. I'll help in assistance for all the commissioners out there as well, helping you set up your leagues and run your leagues and manage your leagues and all of that. Ray Flowers is going to do a guide to auction drafting for all of us that are in auction drafts this coming year. So uh, that is an exciting time as well. Ray Flowers obviously knows a lot about auctions and will be able to say which his favorite sleeper bids and his favorite $1 players and all of that great stuff. As well, we've got Ryan Clifford, the data-driven analyst here at FantasyGuru.com. He is one of our NFL specialists. He is one of our college football specialists. He does NHL for us as well. He runs a lot of our projection models and everything. He's going to talk data-based analysis for seasonal and daily fantasy football. And if I know Rai Rai, he is going to have some betting content for you in there as well. So he's going to be able to talk about data-driven analysis as well our guy russell clay then the senior analyst here fancy guru talks dynasty league strategies for you as well uh, what to look for he will give everything from his you know favorite dynasty targets and in, in a, a startup draft rookie first round second round late round picks for that he'll talk about the college players that he likes coming into the league for the 2023 nfl draft as well, really excited about that. Chris Rose, our guy, one of the most handsome men in daily fantasy sports, gives an intro to daily fantasy football for the season as well. Rose is doing unbelievable stuff with our daily fantasy baseball team as we speak. He is our quarterback coach, former college quarterback himself, by the way. And we'll talk about that and daily fantasy football and league setups and everything as well. Then we get our guy, Scotty B, Scott Bonder, and Mike the Beard. He, they will jump on, and who knows if Rose will be there. Ryan Clifford may join them. A lot of our different talks will be will have special guests. There are guests from our company, Fantasy Guru, other companies, 
high profile people, smart people, all joining these guys. It's not just one person doing these events, but those are going to be disclosed at a later time. But uh, Bonder, Scotty B, and Mike DeBeer are going to talk college fantasy football because do remember that all of our packages, seasonal, daily, and betting, it doesn't just come with the NFL. Your co- all college football content is included in all of our packages. Not only that, Canadian Football League coverage is included with our betting and our daily fantasy content. We don't have seasonal CFL. DFS and betting packages as well, the all-in package, also has XFL starting in 2023. USFL starting this past year. We did a whole season of USFL in 2022 and they're back for a second season as well. So you get football year round DFS betting seasonal. It's all there. And Scotty B and Mike DeBeer will talk college fantasy football with you DFS and betting as well. Then it is our guy, the siege CJ Kaltenbach with advanced daily fantasy football strategies. He'll talk about that. He'll talk about uh, some betting stuff as well. Uh, he is the guy, our point man, if you will, on the circa bets that we make every single year. Remember we have a top 20 finish in that here as well. That's a, you know, $12 million guaranteed prize pool in that one. So advanced strategies for DFS and betting. And then it's the egomaniac himself. That's me, <laughs> Jeff Vance. I will take over for two hours, 8 p.m. to, to 10 p.m. Eastern time. The uh, My first hour, I could safely disclose to everybody, we'll have a roundtable event. Um, it's going to be the new guys at our company or some of the new guys, Rich Mileto, not really new patio Joe, who is new. And then of course my guy, Jorge pucks, which is not a new face. Jorge does everything. And I'm sure he's going to be on some of these other uh, uh, presentations as well, but I got to get him in. And what I'm going to be doing is we're going to get a new approach to guys like rich patio Joe and Jorge who have been, Listeners of the shows in the past have been subscribers in the past and now work for the company and get their perspective and things that they want to talk about, about the company, what we do, our approach to fantasy football, why we're in on certain players, different things like that as well. And then the final hour, uh, my guy, Ted Schuster, will help me close out the conference with a question and answer session from all of you in chat from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. That is all your questions. If you want to talk about what happened, you know, company shit, you want to talk about football stuff, you want to talk about other sports stuff, it doesn't really matter. Anything, there, it's like Ask Man's anything. There's nothing off the table. Why are your, why are your cheekbones so high and stupid? And why do you smell like cheese? Okay, well, we'll answer those questions as well. So nothing's off the table there as well at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then at 10 p.m., we have a a great event. It is our uh, fantasy football training camp poker game. So for those late-night people that like to play online poker, we uh, Ted Schuster has an entire game set up. And uh, if you want to be in, you'll get in, play poker against our entire team, a multi-table tournament in there as well. We'll have fun hanging out chatting talking some shit for a a few hours i think duke's going to be doing a twitch during that where it'll demonstrate and uh, we'll have prizes for all the winners in the poker game as well so that's what's on tap for fantasy football training camp real excited again some big name guests 
throughout the course of the day. And uh, it's free for all of our all-in seasonal subscribers, all of our daily subscribers, all of our all-in people for DFS betting and seasonal. So get over there and check that out. All right. Stop cutting promos on me, man. All right. Shut up. Let's get into uh, some news. Oh, one other breaking news item. So there's really not much going on that matters in the National Football League right now. Listen, it all matters. Training camp matters, but you can't overreact. Baker Mayfield's going to win the job in Carolina. That's the one thing we kind of know. So that's something that means something. I'm not worried about the Patriots offense struggling. I'm not that worried about. Oh, Melvin Gordon's foot injury as of now, it's a non-issue. I'm not going to overreact to that. Guys who are running with the ones or catching everything don't matter. So uh, those stories are a bunch of nothing. But the big news, Alan Lazard, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. You guys know if you listen to the SiriusXM show, I am tired of saying this guy's name, and I'm tired of other people drafting him away from us. So in order to stop people who are lazy fuckers that cannot do their own work and research, in order to keep the best player, I think Alan Lazard is the absolute best value in fantasy football this year. By the end of August, this guy's going to be a third-round pick. In order to not let that happen, because if he becomes a third-round pick, now the risk goes up insurmountably. Now, all of a sudden, now it's more concerning. When he's a seventh and eighth-round pick, we don't we love it. It's a tremendous pick at that value. Third, second, third round, where he should be going, that would worry me. And again, it's just like anybody else. So the value is there. In order to keep that, we are assigning Alan Lazard a code name. There will be no more references henceforth of the Packers' number one wide receiver, a.k.a. Alan Lazard, a.k.a. the man who shall not be named, which is what I've been calling him all week. The new name for Alan Lazard, everybody. He will now go by the name Mike Honcho. That's right. That is right. Mike Honcho is the name. That will be the guy for Alan Lazard. Thank you to Connor Clifford at Cliff Dog, D-A-W-G-1207 on Twitter for recommending him. We are going with Mike Honcho. That is the that is the player that Alan Lazard will be referred to. It will make everybody wonder and be don't they will not know what the fuck we're talking about. They will think it's just a uh a Talladega Knights reference, which it, of course it is. And uh, the great uh, Ricky Bobby, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley movie, fantastic. By the name, Mike Concho. So great of a reference that it's too good to pass up. So Alan Lazard is now known as Mike Concho. Once the regular season starts and all the drafts are over, we will revert back to Alan Lazard. Unless we just keep having fun and it's Mike Concho. But either way. That is his name. So when you hear the name Mike Concho on this program, just know Alan Lazard is who we're talking about. Booyah. All right. I've done enough. Let's dive into it. You're here for fantasy football content uh, as well. I'm going to get into Let's go. Uh, what did I do? Last show, I did the top 12 
player profiles in fantasy football. Uh, my TikTok, the Jeff Mans, is uh, hot right now. Player profiles, my top six. Justin Turner asking uh, Justin Turner of the Dodgers with all you baseball fans. He sent me a message asking for our, our guy DJ Severe to get into the league. So a lot of things are happening. We're excited about all this, but um, I've got a lot of pl- player profiles, and it's always something you didn't know about these players. So with that being said, let's continue on our journey there. I left off with Stefan Diggs last episode. Well, that was number 12. Right now, I'm going to start with number 13. And in the latest ADP over the last you know few days, uh, Stefan Diggs has moved up from 12, where when I record it, to number 10. The guy I'm going to talk about now has moved from 13 to 12. That's DeAndre Swift of the Lions. So you guys may know or you see over at the site uh, of fantasyguru.com, I am lower on DeAndre Swift than the majority of other analysts and people. And that's, I don't, I don't have anything, pre- any problem with DeAndre Swift. I have him as the uh, 22nd overall pick in fantasy football right now. It puts him at the end of the second round, but obviously in that's court, uh, running back 11 for me. People are higher, like I'm higher on Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams than other people, and they're all ahead of DeAndre Swift. So running back 11, 22nd overall. Here, here's my breakdown of DeAndre Swift. It's, he was running back 16 in points last year, 208.9, solid season. Running back 10 in PPR uh, leagues, in um, in PPR leagues, and in points per game at 16.1. Um, but he only went over his average in five out of 13 games. He only had 16 or more points in five of the 13 games he played. He was fourth in targets, fourth in receptions, fifth in receiving yards yards amongst uh, running backs last season. So he's very reliant. Our guy, Rich Mileto, has a great resource running back. uh, I'm sorry, not running. uh, Dependency, scoring dependency in fantasy football that's live on the fantasy guru site. And it's part of our draft guide. I recommend it every single year. It's just a great resource for people to know where these points are coming from. And you look at a guy like Deandre Swift and say, you know, sure. He's good. Sure. He's an electric talent. No question about that. But he was 29.7. It's called 30% reliant on receptions. That is the highest amongst any running back within the top 34. That's way too high on receptions. Okay. His receiving yardage was 21.6% dependent. That was the highest amongst any uh, running backs in the top 19. Daryl Williams being the only one within the top 30. Actually, in the top 36, Daryl Williams, the only one that's even close to DeAndre Swift in that metric. That's a little too risky for me. Um, But the good news, I think there's room to grow on the rushing side of things. The the Lions were the 11th best offense line football last year. And Frank Ragnow, they're all pro center, missed 13 games. They were starting left tackle. Taylor Decker missed eight games. He did play the final nine games. So Swift was 15th 
out of running backs in yards before contact per attempt, 2.5 yards before contact. But he only carried the ball 151 times. So, you know, 11 time, 11.6 times or carries per game. He only did that six out of the 13 games he played as well. Once again, that volume. If you watched Hard Knocks, the first episode yet, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a moment where Jamal Williams takes over. He is a leader on that team. It's profound. And it's a great moment in the show. But I think it tells you that as much as DeAndre Swift is great, Jamal Williams is still going to be represented. And I think we could tell this by data. DeAndre Swift opportunity share in 2021 was 56.9. That's a great opportunity share. Remember, opportunity share, utilization share, that's what really matters how they're utilized, when, how often they're utilized and their opportunity of what they get. Those are big numbers. So Swift is 23rd in NFL amongst running backs and opportunity share. That's pretty solid. Jamal Williams, uh, 46.2. That's not that big of a separation. He was 39th, uh, tied for 39th in NFL and opportunity share. When you look at the snap percentages last year, DeAndre Swift, 50.8 was 22nd. Uh, 35.4% of the rush share, 31st in the league. Jamal Williams had a 37.2% snap share, 44th in the league, so definitely lower than Swift, obviously. But 35.8 rush share. That was 29th in the league, higher than DeAndre Swift. Remember, these both all these both these guys missed games last year. And something telling is the utilization. When they're on the field, they're over the entirety of the running back opportunities that are given right for the time that they're on the field Jamal Williams had a 57.1% utilization rate that was fourth best in the national football league swift was 41.1 that was 38th so yes swift will get more of that no these numbers aren't going to replicate 2023 we fully anticipate DeAndre Swift being a bigger part and hopefully staying healthy but Jamal Williams will not go away. And thus, Swift is going to have to make his nut in the receiving games. Jadder Swift was 50 out of 53 qualified running back in yards after contact per attempt last year. It's 1.5. That's not good. He was 36 of 53 in broken tackles per attempt last year. He was 44 out of 51 qualified running backs in yards after contact in his rookie season of 2020, 1.7. So the ground game, isn't going to improve. He will require, he has super speed. He has a great breakaway run potential. This is a great offensive line in Detroit. So I think the yards before contact holds, but DeAndre Swift will have to catch 60 or 50 plus passes to be, to return any kind of running back to potential. He will have to catch 60 plus balls and rush for <laughs> at least 900 yards on the ground in order to produce running back one potential. And that's with a much needed uptick in his touchdown rates here as well. So that's the concerns that I have about, uh, about Deandre Swift. I really like him. I love the ability, liked him coming out of Georgia, the whole thing, but it, there are concerns here legitimately about the usage and about what he needs to do in order to, produce from a fantasy standpoint.
So we're going to need eight plus touchdowns scored seven last year in 13 games played only 13 games back to back season durability. Also a bit of a concern. So there you go. Moving on. Uh, next player profile was my 14th one done. And again, another guy who moved up, he's moved up a spot. Saquon Barkley, who is uh, currently going off the board as the 13th player in uh, in fantasy football, at least thir- uh, 13th overall, the borderline first-round pick. He seems to be getting a lot of hype, and that's the 10th running back off the board, which, by the way, it's just screams what a fucking travesty. People are not taking elite wide receivers. Just stupid. Anyway, listen, Barkley's amazing. Or was amazing. Okay, hold on. Hold on, Jeff. His 2018 rookie season was phenomenal. He had the greatest rookie season of a running back since 1992, since we started keeping real records, with 385.8 fantasy points. 2018, Barkley rushed for 1,307 yards, second most, caught 91 passes, second most amongst running backs, second only to fucking McCaffrey. 121 targets, 721 receiving yards, Okay, that I mean, think about that was just insane. So that was 2018. We've had 2019, 2020, 2021. He's been injured twice since once torn ACL, a nasty one. But he was first in the NFL in yards after contact in 2018, 736. That's the sixth most recorded amongst running backs and advanced analytics since we've been keeping those since the turn of the century about year 2002. Okay. 736 yards after contact that year, the three years since he has 893 total. Yikes. He had 30 broken tackles in 2018, fifth most in recorded history amongst the running backs. He has a 21 total since in three years. He was third in runs of 15 plus yardage with 20 and in the year 2018, the rookie season, he's only had 15 cents. He was second in running back receptions that year, obviously, with 91. He has 99 receptions in the previous three years. So, obviously, we there's a problem with the production. The offense was garbage. I like the, and by the way, 41 receptions for 263 yards in 13 games last year. That's not going to do it. Saquon Barkley, who averaged three-point yards per carry, that's it's just not enough. He is not the runner that he was at Penn State or his 2018 rookie season anymore. He just isn't. All right. Um, he was 36 in yards after contact last year. He was 43rd in yards after contact per attempt. He was 72nd out of 151 in broken tackles. So these are metrics that why I love a guy like Javante Williams. These are important. These matter when it comes to running backs, and he's just not that same guy. It's not to say he can't be a dynamic player. I saw at the end of last season some real good flashes out of him. New offense coming down, Brian DeBall, but it's a spread offense. They're going to throw the ball, throw, throw, throw. They're going to spread the the field horizontally and vertically and throw it around. Barkley, very similar to DeAndre Swift, he's going to need – to catch the football in order to produce running back two numbers, high-end running back two numbers. He's going to need a shitload of targets and receptions to produce, and touchdowns, quite frankly, to produce running back one numbers. It's not an easy trail for him. I like the upgrades on the offensive line, but 
ultimately with all the wide receiver options and the pass happy nature of the giants offense, the amount of overall rush attempts is going to go down. So he's going to have to get those catches. So in a standard league, that diminishes Saquon Barkley's value as well. His upside is, if you can believe this, if we go back to Brian DeBall's history, Saquon Barkley's upside is 2010 Peyton Hillis. Hillis had 1,745 yards, 61 receptions, 13 total touchdowns, and was running back three in fantasy. He can do that. He is that kind of player. Brian DeBall was the offensive coordinator of the Browns that year. People don't realize that. The downside is another Brian DeBall guy when he was in Miami, and that's 2011, Reggie Bush. He had 1,300 total yards. I think that's pretty darn good. 43 receptions, though, seven total touchdowns. Where does that put him? Well, Reggie Bush that year finished 13th in running backs. That would put, you know, based on last year's numbers, I'd put Barkley about running back 15. So, um, yeah, running back 15. So, again, if you're finishing as the running back 15, but you're going off at 10, you're not producing that value, not living up to it. So uh, that's why I'm a little lower on him this year. Um, don't mind Saquon. I have him 24th in uh, on my rankings over fantasyguru.com. I've got him as running back 13 as well, so I'm a little behind market on the great old Saquon. My uh, next player will profile here, C.D. Lamb, player that is on the cover of our magazine one year ago, and I, I think he, he was fantastic the first eight weeks and kind of fizzled down the stretch. And ultimately, after calling it a win, I think he kind of disappointed us. He's going off the board 15th in ADP right now, wide receiver six-ish as well. He finished wide receiver 19 fantasy football last season, uh, was wide receiver 24 in 2020. So two years in the league, and C.D. Lamb has finished as a top uh, as a wide receiver two both seasons. So there's nothing wrong with that. He was age 21 and 22. If we look at how young C.D. Lamb really is, if you take all 21, 22-year-old receivers all time, going back just to 1992, as far back as I can go, he's fifth in receptions with 153, eighth in receiving yards, 2037, and seventh in fantasy points of all 21, 22-year-olds combined. So that tells you, Third-year wide receivers usually pop. They usually break out, or that was a. It's a myth that we used to say it was. It used to be true. It wasn't a myth. Now it's more of a myth for us old guys. But there is something to it, and I think Ceedee Lamb was a lot of was expected of him. His rookie season in Dallas, they gave him the eighty-eight jersey. You know, Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin, Des Bryant. To you know, you got some Hall of Famers and a high-quality guy in Des Bryant you know, as that number 88 in Dallas. So, um, in fact, if you look at the number 88 for the Dallas Cowboys, they that number, regardless of the players, led the team in receiving 17 times since 1974. Okay? So, when you, going into the season, 2022, 
The Cowboys have 181 vacated targets, 125 vacated receptions, 1,616 vacated receiving yards, 17 vacated receiving touchdowns. That's 388.6 fantasy points vacated. They tried to fill the Cedric Wilson. They tried to fill Michael Gallup's role. They lost Amari Cooper. They lost Cedric Wilson. They tried to fill Cooper's role with Gallup. But Gallup won't be ready for the start of the season anyway. I'm not counting Gallup in there. And then they brought James Washington to fill in the Gallup role. And James Washington's out six to ten weeks with a drones fracture. And we're not sure how if what what he's going to be when he does come back. So there's no Cedric Wilson there to fill in either. Jalen Tolbert is a rookie that's been way behind the eight ball throughout training camp. So when I look at CD Lamb, 10% increase from his 2021 numbers, I think the Cowboys offense decreases as a whole. So there's you can't project a massive uptick for CD Lamb. You can't because the offense is a whole. They were the number one offense in the league last year. They lost two fifths of their offense line layout. Collins, Connor Williams. They had a terrible draft pick in the first round with their left guard. It's not good. But I do see CD Lamb's going to be forced in. We love players in fantasy football that are forced to produce because of massive volume, and he will get that. 140 targets, yes. So that that's where we're at. Uh, I think 10% increase, 140 targets, uh, 94 receptions, eight touchdowns, gives him about 271.6 fantasy points, projects him for about eighth in fantasy points out of the wide receiver position. I think that's a, a pretty safe projection. I have him as the number 10. Wide receiver right now in fantasy football. He's behind everybody you'd expect. And then Mike Evans and I have Keenan Allen spot ahead of him as well. So that that's where I'm at. He was second in NFL with 12, bro- 12 broken tackles. So that's the thing is I think that, and I have him number 21 overall as well. I think that there's a chance they could give him the ball and play a somewhat Debo Samuel role, even though he's not built like Debo. He's more of a long stride. But CD Land's why he's on punt returns because he can be effective with the ball in his hand as well. So I think that another reason to endorse him this season. Uh, next player that will profile here today, it's Travis Kelsey. Kelsey going off the board 16th in ADP as of right now. And it's a discount. It's almost a full round discount. He's going about eighth pick overall. So I guess, you know, six pick discount in round one last year. And he was only the wide receiver too, but he really wasn't wasn't his fault. Mark Andrews just did better than Kelsey, so I don't blame him at all. But uh, Travis Kelsey actually technically is going off the board at eighteen right now in fantasy football. I yeah, when I did my player profile, he was sixteen. Obviously, the tight end number one off the board. The reason Kelsey is so valuable is five years. He was the number one fantasy tight end. 2016 to 2020, it's never been done before. He was tight end two last year. It's not a big fall off whatsoever. He has six of the 11 highest scoring seasons uh, um, uh, since 2016. That's effing remarkable in fantasy football. That's dominating your position. Amongst tight ends, he's first in targets, 804. First in receptions, 565. By the way, the next target is 691. 565 receptions oh, oh, since 2016. The next has 466. Seven 
7,269 receiving yards, first amongst tight ends, of course. The next is fucking 48-17. That's a 2,452 difference in receiving yards from the top tight end of Kelsey to the next. That's crazy. Touchdowns, 47, obviously, first. Next is 32. And fantasy points, 1,581 since 2016. The next is uh, 1,140. That's a 440.9 difference in fantasy points. Okay, so what if we did this? Here's the way to measure it. People ask me this all the time. Jeff, where do I take Kelsey? Second round, I tell you, that's where I have him. But do you take him over Debo Samuel, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, you know, though A.J. Brown? How does Travis Kelsey relate in terms of uh, wide receivers? In there, and that's that's what I attacked in the video, the Jeff Mans on TikTok, and I'll talk about it here. Amongst the wide receiver tight end position, Travis Kelsey and fantasy points in 2016, he was the number one tight end, would have finished 17th amongst receivers and tight ends. So, eh, okay. In 2017, obviously, every year except last year, he was first in tight end. So I'm not going to repeat that. 2017, he would have been 10th amongst wide receivers, and tight ends. In 2018, he would have finished ninth. 2019, he finished ninth in wide receivers and tight ends. In 2020, he was fourth. All right? And last year, here's something that's important to know. Last year, if you take wide receivers and tight ends, he was still 10th. He was the second best tight end, but he was still top 10. So there's no difference. The 32-year-old Kelsey, um, 28 is the same, finished the same amongst wide receivers and tight ends fantasy points in the 28-year-old Kelsey. So if you look at his overall numbers since 2016, uh, Travis Kelsey has the third most targets of any wide receiver tight end combined. Only DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams have more. He's second in receptions. Only Devontae Adams has more. He is first. In receiving yards. He has more receiving yards than any wide receiver or, of course, tight end since 2016. He is sixth in receiving touchdowns. He is third in fantasy points amongst tight ends and wide receivers since 2016. The peak age for a tight end is 27 to 32. Kelsey turns 33 this year. So he is aging out of the peak. All right. So he's definitely on our watch list. That's why. I I mean, based on the numbers. Travis Kelsey is a first-round pick and should should be. I discounted him. The field is discounting him because he's, we have to start worrying about age. We have to start worrying about body breaking down. He's a big dude, a fast dude. So peak age is 27 to 32. Um, Travis Kelsey owns the record for most fantasy points for a tight end at age 29, 31, and 32. <laughs> so uh, most, 30, most points for a 33 33- your old tight end targets is 134 receptions is 83 receiving yards is 872 touchdowns is 12. Well, that's my guy, Wesley walls, baby. The most fantasy points ever for a 33 year old tight end is 215.2. That is my guy, Wesley walls again. So that's an easy leapfrog. Kelsey's going to set this record this year. I think being familiar without Tyreek Hill and Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, all the losses that Kansas City have, we're going to see a, a shitload of targets from Kelsey this year as well. So I have no problem. I worry about breaking down of him a little bit, but age 33, even though it's out of the peak, I, I think he's one of these type of 
players that you have you buy in until he doesn't do it. Okay, I think if he produces again this year, I'll be a little more skeptical in third and next year. And then, you know, if he does it again, then I'll be even more skeptical. You have to start lowering expectations as the years go on with him. The other uh, next player profile here, Debo Samuel. Fucking love Debo. My God. Um, did a profile of him on the show, on the SiriusXM show. Uh, Tyshawn Raekwon Samuel. That's Debo. Named after the character in Friday. I, You know, I guess I knew that, but I didn't really know it. I just love it. This dude is a crazy wide receiver three last year. Uh, you know, 136 touches. That's sixth most ever by a tight end or a wide receiver. Sorry, too much Kelsey time. Fucking, that's a lot. His eight rushing touchdowns last year, seven in the regular season, were the most ever in NFL history by a wide receiver. He is the most explosive player in football. Don't believe me? Well, where did he rank in plays of 10 plus yards last year? Fourth. 52 plays of 10 plus yardage or how about plays of 20 plus yardage last year? Where did he rank 20 or third with 24, 30 plus yards? He ranked second with 13, 40 plus yard plays. He was first in the NFL, 10, 50 plus yards. Again, first in the NFL with six. He got three years, $71 million with 58 million guaranteed contracts in the rear view mirror. He got rushing incentives, 380-plus rushing yards, $650,000. Three or more rushing touchdowns, $150,000 for Debo. First eight weeks last year, he had six carries for 22 yards. Then the light switch went on for Kyle Shannon. They decided to utilize him in a different role. And, oh, by the way, the 49ers' entire fucking season took off as a result. I mean, it, it didn't just change Debo Samuel. It changed the 49ers. And I think that's something that has to be understood as well, because the first eight weeks of last season, the 49ers were three and five. It's a team that made the NFC championship game and lost by three points. The Rams that had a lead. What changed? Well, Evo Samuels, (laughs) six carries for 22 yards in the first half. Second half of the season, he averaged 11.7 touches per game. 1.86 fantasy points per touch, which is crazy for a wide receiver specifically. If you take just the math on that, it's 199 touches, which would be the most ever by 45 or 49. I'm sorry. In NFL history that projects to 21.7 fantasy points per game. That would have put him be a wide receiver two last year, only behind Cooper cup. Who is, was a fucking maniac. 369.95 fantasy points for a season. That's what his projection is at the usage that he was at the last 11 games because eight games of the regular season and three games in the playoffs. So, by the way, that projection of 369.95, in the last 22 years of fantasy football, that would have been the number one wide receiver 15 of those 22 years. The lowest it ever would have been was third, and, and that was 2015. Otherwise, it would have been first or second every other year in 22 years. And that's, hate to say it, injuries happen, but that's a baseline for Debo. So, yeah, I have him as wide receiver five. I have him 10th overall, first-round pick over at fantasyguru.com. So I'm extraordinarily excited for Debo Samuel this year. Uh, Another player profile, Aaron Jones. I think this is something that podcast listeners are hearing before the XM listeners in that Aaron Jones 
was running back 11 last year, running back five in 2020, running back two in 2029. Last three seasons amongst uh, running backs, ninth in touches, sixth in yard, total yards, sixth in targets, sixth in receptions, fifth in fantasy points. In 2021, his snap percentage was 51.8, 18th best. Running back target share was 11.4, 7th best. His targets were 7th best amongst running backs. Receptions, 6th most, 52. Receiving touchdowns was 2nd best in the National Football League. This is a guy who is highly productive. Age 27, so starting to age out. I think everybody's concern is A.J. Dillon. What is A.J. Dillon? And you, I know there's a problem with Aaron Jones because in uh, NFFC drafts right now, Aaron Jones is going incredibly late and way later than I would ever recommend in that he's going uh, 19th, um, which equates him to running back 12 off the board. All right. Huh. I think that's uh, that's actually higher than he was when I recorded the video. But nevertheless, A.J. Dillon's going to be involved. Every running back splits the backfield. Everybody except Najee Harris. Everybody else. Even your precious Jonathan Taylor. All right. But let's look. Let's examine the types of snaps Jones gets versus Dillon. Last year, Aaron Jones got injured and, you know, obviously uh, missed the game, got injured early on in one other game. But he still had 12 of the 13 games that he played. Aaron Jones had 50% or more snap count, 50% or higher. Um, Aaron Jones, by the way, played 15 games, my bad. So, yeah, 12 out of 15 games. He did get injured one time. That was one of them. So uh, 12 out of 14 is what I'm really counting. 10 games of 60% or higher of snaps. That was fourth best in the National Football League, by the way. And four games of 70% or more snaps, that was third best in the National Football League last year, despite missing games. A.J. Dillon had four four games of 50% or more snaps. Two of them were the game that uh, Jones went down. Oh, I'm sorry. Jones missed three games. Two of those were games that Jones didn't play. The third was the game he went down. Only one time did A.J. Dillon have a 50% or higher snap count than Aaron Jones in a game in which they both played. Okay. Only one time did he have over 60% and only one time he had over 70%. Both those games, Aaron Jones was out. There's five ways to score points from a fantasy running back, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Over the last 10 years, six running backs have had a 10% or higher distribution of those fantasy points with less than 40% in any one category. This is the study I talked about earlier in the show. Rich Mulatto, our guy at fantasyguru.com does the scoring dependency chart. It's all right there in black and white for you. So over the last 10 years, only six running backs have done that. Obviously, Aaron Jones is one of them. The other five, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Austin Eckler last year, by the way, Austin Eckler's two last year. Matt Forte and David Johnson in 2016 for David Johnson. That's it. That's it. That's your list. Aaron Jones. The other thing, the Packers, I talked about the vacated targets earlier in the show from um, the Kansas City Chiefs. I talked about uh, that. The Packers have 253 vacated targets. That's 42.6% of all their targets last year from Aaron Rodgers. 
Aaron Rodgers MVP quarterback. Everybody knows. So the quality of the targets are immense. So it's not like you're picking up shitty targets. Hence my con show and why we're drafting him in every fucking league we do. But here's some numbers. Aaron, the offense changes last three years, all under Matt LaFleur, all with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones, when Devonte Adams was on the field, he averaged 3.95 targets, 2.95 receptions, 21.68 receiving yards, and overall 16.48 fantasy points per game. Remember, I gave you those, those numbers are pretty good. Between fourth and sixth best in the National Football League when Devonte Adams is on the field. Now, when Adams misses a game or multiple games as he has, seven games, his targets go from 3.95 to 6.71, double. Receptions go from 2.95 to 5.17. Receiving yards from 21.68 to 55.43. And his fantasy points go from 16.48 to 25.97. Okay? That, my friends... Mike Concho will pick up a bulk of Adams targets. Watson will pick up some of the Marquez Valdez Scantling. Okay. But don't forget Lazard is a shitload to pick up himself. He's not going to equal Devonta Adams production. There is massive runoff that absolutely always has. And will this year run to Aaron Jones. Will he get the one yard touchdown runs? No. Although, he has uh, four of his touchdowns last year. We're inside the three or uh, closer. Only two for A.J. Dillon, by the way, which I would anticipate more. But when you look at 25.97 points per game, that's more than Jonathan Taylor had last year by four points per game. <laughs> yeah, that's it's incredible. So we're not expecting that. But the production is there for Aaron Jones, and hence why I'm pretty high and bullish on him overall and fantasy football this year. Over at fantasyguru.com, I've got Aaron Jones as RB7, much higher than the field, and I am advocating him as an early second-round pick, one of those, you know, run in running back abysses, other people call it, where, uh, oh, I actually have Aaron Jones 12th now. I moved him up a spot. So he is a first-round pick. On my board, I'm completely comfortable with that. So there you go. For more of these player profiles, the Jeff Mance on TikTok. I do want to get into a couple other items here today. I know we're running lean on time, but I want to talk to you guys about my some of my favorite middle round players. I'm calling it the other guys, right? Players not really talked about very often, not really, you know, nobody's talking about some players they're kind of going off and uh one of the guys i'll talk about is michael pittman it's going off the board at the end of the third round he's going off the board as wide receiver 13 in the national fantasy football championship but nobody's really talking about him overall and i think that something we need to look at with pittman is this is a guy who's 6'4", 225 pounds. Father played in the National Football League, was a running back, a good running back for a number of years. Second-round pick of the Colts, thir- entering his third year, had 1,082 receiving yards, 88 receptions a year ago. Really good numbers, obviously. And he had, we'll call it inconsistent quarterback play, even though Wentz played better. He just had some miserable downside. But having Matt Ryan as the dependable 
and a much you know, Ryan in an improved offensive line that he's never had in his life, even in 2016, his MVP season, Michael Pittman's numbers from there are going to go up. Start looking at 95 catches, 1100 plus yards, some easy numbers to attain. And now all of a sudden you're talking about top eight, top six, top five fantasy wide receivers. So he's one of my favorite forgotten players, getting them at the end of the third round. It's one of those players that when you have the first pick and you have Taylor, and then you come back at, you know, you're going back and forth. That's a hell of a get. If you could somehow squeeze out a, a Michael Pittman, or actually I meant at, uh, if you have the 12th pick, my bad, uh, if you have the 12th pick end of the round. So let's, let's say you end up with a, uh, Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones or Joe Mixon, Debo Samuel start there. And then you come on back at the, you know, that that's a nice potential get for you with, uh, with Michael Pittman. So I like him. Brees Hall, not really being talked about a lot. It was devastating. Makai Becton's injury hurts Hall and the Jets offense as a whole, but I don't think we're really, discussing the amount of work that Brees Hall is going to be getting this season for the Jets. You know, I don't expect the Jets to be very good at all. I really don't. Dead last in the league in rushing attempts last year, but they were behind that offensive line who went out and got Lake and Tomlinson. Even though Becton's gone, he was gone last year. This is team was still top 13 in yards per rushing attempt a season ago. If they could be mildly more competitive it will lead to more rushing attempts. And with that kind of effectiveness with Brees Hall, instead of fucking Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter, you're going to get a lot more production. So I like him um, as well. Darnell Mooney. Nobody's talking about Darnell Mooney. And I don't, I'm glad. I think Darnell Mooney's a mirage. I think he is a, I think it was a complete fluke last year. I'm not targeting him. I'm not interested in Darnell Mooney. I think Justin Fields, it's a good spot to get. I like Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, some of these quarterbacks that are ready to take a jump. I love getting mid to late round, their number one mid to late round wide receivers. I truly don't believe that Darnell Mooney will be Justin Fields' number one. It seems like it because that's all they have. But I, I think David Montgomery, uh, I like Vilas Jones because of the deep ball. We know Fields loves to sling it, and Vilas has the speed. I I just don't – I'm not drafting Darnell Mooney in the fourth round, which is where he's going right now. So I'm out on him. Another forgotten player, I did this on the SiriusXM show as well, uh, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's completely forgotten about right now in fantasy football. And, you know, you kind of, you look around and you wonder why is, you know, why aren't we talking about Adam Thielen a little bit more? And I think there's you know, obviously Justin Jefferson's excited. Justin Jefferson's the number one player in fantasy football right now. He's our number one wide receiver going off the board, which I think is good, but I think Cooper cup is better. The thing about when you compare Jefferson's numbers to Thielen's numbers, in the rookie season of 2020, 
Thielen, 58 targets. Jefferson's 44. 37 receptions for Thielen, 34 for Jefferson. 480 yards for Thielen, 627 for Jefferson. He was a beast. Seven touchdowns, though, for Thielen, and only three for Jefferson. Thielen had more points the first eight weeks of 2020, that rookie setting seat record rookie setting season for Justin Jefferson. Thielen had more points, 127, 114. Okay, big deal, Jeff. That's two years ago. I totally understand. What about last year? This is something we just don't look at. Weeks one through 11, Adam Thielen went down with an injury in week 12 of last season and ankle it required surgery, tried to come back, but he, he was terrible and he couldn't run. But in those weeks, 11 weeks, it's a long time. Justin Jefferson had 98 targets in those 11 weeks. Adam Thielen had 90. Justin Jefferson had 67 receptions. Thielen had 63. Jefferson had 1,027 yards. Thielen only had 686. That's a destruction. Jefferson's yardage is incredible. The rest of the numbers aren't. Touchdowns? In the first 11 weeks of last season, Adam Thielen had 10 touchdowns. Jefferson only had six. So the difference in fantasy points through 11 weeks when Thielen was healthy was 205.7 for Jefferson to 191.6 for Adam Thielen. Difference of one point and a little bit like 1.2 points per week. That's it. Jefferson, number one wide receiver. Adam Thielen going off the board at wide receiver number 36. Adam Thielen going off the board way too late, really. He's one of the forgotten players. Um, is he aging up? Yes, but still technically 31 years old in his prime. He's got the uh, 69.38 is where he's going. End of the sixth round, beginning of the seventh round. So I, I think that this is a great setup for Adam Thielen. I think he's a good value in that space as well. He's just getting no attention whatsoever. Some other players in those mid rounds. Listen, I'm not fucking with the Kansas City Chiefs backfield. Isaiah Pacheco, I've said it since the day he was drafted, since the draft, that I loved him in this system. However, if I am going to use a any draft pick on a player who are, are who are jockeying for position and trying to overtake somebody, let's say a um, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, these types. I don't want, especially as a rookie, I'm not going to do it where there's four other backs. And unfortunately in Kansas city, that's exactly where we're at. Kansas city is too many running backs. When Pacheco was drafted, um, Ronald Jones was not there. And Jarek McKinnon wasn't back yet. Big difference. So now you got Edwards, Hilaire, McKinnon, Pacheco, Ronald Jones, and Derek Orr. Too much. Edwards Hilaire, nobody wants. I told you two years ago, it was terrible. He was a first-round pick in fantasy football two years ago as a rookie. This is why you don't draft fucking rookies above board. He's still going off the board, RB26, ahead of Damian Harris and Devin Singletary. That's fucking stupid. But nobody's really talking about him. He's the forbidden fruit. I think that 79.7, so where's that? Eighth round, seventh round. Yeah, too early for my blood on Alaire. What I think about Edwards Alaire is he can carve out a pass 
passing down roll and get the Daryl Williams touches. That's a better fit for him and let Pacheco or Ronald Jones occupy the first, the early downs and goal line work. That's a valuable commodity in Andy Reid's system being the passing down guy, but it's too crowded there. I'm out. Christian Kirk, love him. Holy shit, do I love Christian Kirk. Just another, this is the guy, unlike Darnell Mooney, I look at two quarterbacks in Fields and Lawrence. Lawrence was a higher graded prospect. We all agreed on that. He is mobile. He has a lot more upside than Justin Fields. And I'm a Justin Fields believer, but he's a better, and then he's a better prospect. Both of them, Kind of, I think Fields showed a lot more last year than than Lawrence did, but Lawrence has a shit ton more weapons around him, and you know more upside, if you will, than Justin Fields does. And you're telling me I have to take a fifth round pick on the number one wide receiver for Justin Fields, but then I could come back with Christian Kirk. And I could take him in the ninth round. Okay, I'll take the number one receiver for the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence in the ninth, as opposed to the fifth for Fields and the Bears. That's it's just that simple. You got weather issues there. You got obviously big free agent money, so they'll build an offense around him as well. You got all these other things. Christian Kirk is a better fantasy player than Darnell Mooney. He's going way later. Take him. Uh, Tight end player. Nobody talks about. I'm the only one that talks about. Dallas Goddard. Goddard and Ertz, too great. If you that second round, if you miss out on Pitts, well, Kelsey, Pitts, Andrews, then you have the the Waller Kittle connection, both studs, but you know, significant injury issues and new quarterbacks, slash new system issues as well. But if you get beyond that, Goddard is your guy, and I'm very confident in in him. I there's a lack of consistency at the tight end position. You'll get consistent targets and yards with Dallas Goddard, one of the best run after the catch guys, one of the biggest depth of target guys at the tight end position. So I like, you know, everything about Dallas Goddard. Nobody's really talking about him. It is a player you kind of settle for, but he's the eighth tight end off the board. I think he should be going ahead of Schultz ahead of Hawkinson for sure. So for me, he's tight end six and, you know, talking about a 95.2 ADP and that's the end of the eighth round. Okay. I, I'm fine with getting him in the eighth or ninth round. No problem. So those are some of the other guys in fantasy football. Some of the players that aren't being talked about very much right now. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode. Hopefully enjoyed the player profiles yet again. Hopefully I went into depth. I really look forward to seeing everybody out there. Fantasy football training camp exclusively at fantasyguru.com on demand. You could be there on Friday, the 19th. You could join us late. You could play poker with us. You could not, you could play later. It doesn't matter. The elite mafia fantasy football championship. It's going to be a great time drafting with all of you guys out there all summer long. Remember, Radio 20 is the discount code. Get over there and check it out. For those of you um, who want to draft with me, uh, underdogfantasy.com is the place to go. You have to use the promo code ELITE. By the way, they're threatening to take this away from us. Um, E-L-I-T-E. So we need more signups 
Underdogfantasy.com. They doubled your deposit bonus, so it's a free $100 or free $50, whatever you want to put in. And it's a chance to win $2 million. You need money? What better way? Stop playing the fucking lottery where it's just, there's a guy playing my ping pong ball number. Stop fucking doing that. Play something you like a lot more, you have some control over, and you could win huge prizes like $2 million. And if you finish second, you win $1 million. Third, half a million. Pretty fucking good. If you were a leader through the first 13 weeks, million dollars. All that on underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you get in there and doing that. Use that promo code ELITE so that uh, we get as many uh, many Elite Mafia members in as we can. Because, again, I want to draft with you guys this entire time. I do a draft every night on Underdog. So if you're on a Fantasy Guru site, get into our Discord. You want to join a draft. Ask us when the next one is. If I'm in there, I'll tell you. If, if not, there's our staff members, our fellow subscribers, they'll help you out. Say, Hey, we just did one or Hey, you know, this time this night or Hey, we're it's coming up soon. So get over there, check that out. Follow me. If you would like at Jeff underscore mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and of course on TikTok. be sure to uh, leave a comment on those TikTok videos. We love that. And uh, any other players that you want to see in the future, in the weeks to come leading up to the season, you know, starting to break away from these top players. Uh, my player profiles, I'm going to go through 24. I think I've done 18 of them so far. So maybe a couple more next week on the podcast, if you guys would like. Otherwise, I could stop doing it. But after that, we're starting to do some of my favorite players, some of the players that are most important or most talked about and breaking them down from a fantasy standpoint. So make sure you're uh, commenting and checking those out as well. I want to thank each and every one of you for spreading the word about this podcast. Let's keep those fires going, everybody. You may like, you may not like, you may agree or disagree with some or all that you heard on this episode. And folks, that is perfectly all right because we're not those people that bitch and complain about every fucking thing. No, we are not. And if you disagree, it's fine because it was just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!